government, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. Oh, no, isn't it? Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts and nice, clean minds. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? Good to see you guys out there today, where once again, nothing wants to work the way it's supposed to. Just another day in the life of me. Why all of a sudden things just don't want to work anymore and, you know, used to work fine. Now, now, no, 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 we can't. We can't do that. We can't have anything that's supposed to work the way it's supposed to. Why is my camera not working? Why is my microphone or my uh, speakers not working? Just another day. Standby one. Let's try that. Good to see you guys here today. Happy Wednesday. Lots to get to with regards to the Sussman trial today, so we will get to that here momentarily. Uh, trying to get the camera working again as for some reason, yeah, the, the glitches are definitely annoying. There we go. All right. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on, man. My computer just is not cooperating all of a sudden. It didn't doesn't like <laughs> the, the readdressing of everything. Anyways, <clears throat> good to see you guys out there today. I hope all is well. It is Wednesday, the 25th of May already, as another month just goes flying by again. We have lots to get to today with regards to uh, Sussman. There's a lot of news on that front, so we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, you can shut up. Thank you. Um, Devin Nunez on OAN right now. Interesting. Can you remember that Sussman trial is one small part of the Russia hoax indeed? Uh, so good to see you guys out there today. Hope all is well. Thank you all for joining us here at the Foxhole.app today. Thanks for being here today, guys. Do me a favor. Tell a friend, tell a family member about the the Foxhole.app and share that far and wide. It drop the grab the link and drop it into your favorite social media. Say, hey, come hang out with us and uh, come see what's going on over here. Thanks guys for being here today. I appreciate you guys very much. Everything uncensored Abe is uncensoredabe.com. Check that out when you guys get time. The podcast is on Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, all kinds of different platforms. Check that out when you guys get time. Uh, lots of great support through the podcast and. Uh, can't do it without you guys. So I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, the Telegram and True Social links are at the very top right there. If you're over there on Telegram right now, thanks for joining us today. We're adding that to Telegram to the new streaming platform. I see several of you guys over there hanging out today. Uncensoredave.com is where you can go watch the show and find out where all the links are. Every day, 5 Eastern, Monday through Friday, uh, Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, Tiger Network. Uh, YouTube hates us, banned us, eh, so be it, whatever. I uh, appreciate you guys for all being here today. And DLive, if you're over there, they they, they demonetize my uh, 
my D live again because too much truth and they can't have that. So take all of your money out of D live and put it into a different platform. Basically is what I would do. Uh, the previous two show content, the previous two shows are always up on the website as well as previous content that I think you guys should see. So check that out when you guys get time. If you want to help me keep the lights on cash at PayPal and Patreon, how you can do that. Thank you for all the Patreons out there and everyone who supports and uh, buys me a cup of coffee whenever they get a chance. I appreciate you guys very much. I understand that not all of you can or, or willing to do that. So if you can just help share the stream, tell somebody about it. Tell them to come hang out with us. Tell them what's going on over here. We appreciate you guys very much. MyPillow.com backslash Abe is where you can find everything uh, with regards to the sponsor of MyPillow. They have a super blowout uh, sale on slippers right now. You can save 90 bucks. You can get an awesome pair of slippers for 50 bucks, and you get a free book with that. Uh, there's also buy one, get one free sheets, pillows, uh, go anywhere pillows, towel sets. So you can check that out when you guys get time. Everybody needs towels. So if you want, if you want to use that when you get time, check out MyPillow.com backslash Abe. And you get an awesome discount and you get a free gift to go along with it. So check out mypillow.com backslash Abe. Thank you all for being here today. If you, the very, very bottom of the website, you have uh, Facebook, true social links, gab links, um, and my email address and my PO box is how you can get a hold of me and let me know what I got wrong or tell me why I'm an idiot. <laughs> so thanks for being here today, guys. Everyone over there on the Fox.app, Warrior in the Garden, knock my socks off the steel monkey. Yes, I don't give a flying fuck about uh, Beta O'Rourke, though, so we're not going to talk about that. New studio, new glitches. Indeed, Tennessee Tim's in the house. Good to see you out there as well. Over there on the foxhole.app. Lots of lurkers out there today. And I am scrambling because uh, I was just, you know, uh, doing last-minute checks to see what was going on out there. Kind of a quiet day today. Other than than, uh, the Sussman trial, we'll definitely uh, cover that. But uh, other than that, fairly quiet out there today. Chris and and the Politius and all the mods out there who are dropping the links for us, I appreciate you guys very much. Ilda's in the house, the first one in the house over there on Rumble. Thanks for being here. Just Mojo, uh, good to see you out there as well. And uh, the rest of you guys, much love. I don't give a flying fuck about Beto O'Rourke. I'm not going to talk about that today at all. Fuck him. Uh, you're not an idiot. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Brew525, as well as Observe and Learn. Thanks for being here today. Jaslav Fredericks and Winemaker, new follows over there on on Twitch, and Dr. J Blazer dropping a bunch of subs on me yesterday. I really appreciate that. I uh, can't do this without you guys. Thank you guys very much. Brianne, Brian in the house. <laughs> Brian G. Jeez, I don't know why I read it that way, dude. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Mustard Streaming Maggots. Good to see you out there, Z Patriot. And uh, Brian is in the house. Sorry, dude. <laughs> You've already corrected me like three times on that. One of these days, you think I'll forget, I'll remember it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyways, good to see you guys. Um, hope all is well. Many of you guys working your ways in here today. <laughs> good. To see, thank you for joining me, Brian. Um, yeah, there's, I don't really give a flying fuck about Beto. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. There's too much more than other important stuff going on. So I knew everyone would want to be talking about it today. So I skipped right through it and made sure I'm not going to talk about it. But of course you guys are going to make me talk about it. Jeez. Thanks a lot. What do we have today? We have uh, Z Patriot dropping the Yuma, Yuma voting fraud press release on us from May 11th. I want to get that covered today, bro. I appreciate you dropping that on me. Uh, we have some interesting stuff from election integrity to get to and a discussion about La Raza. Many people, uh, I think, uh, forget about La Raza. I just closed that. Get back up there. Uh, there's some interesting stuff from Breitbart around about uh, some leaks from the Chinese Communist Party interior, inter, internal documents 
with regards to the Ugers. We're going to get to that today for sure. Um, Technofog's new article came out last night, so we're going to cover that today as well. Some new filings today, and then we'll go through a couple of articles that are interesting that I think you need to see. And then, of course, we'll cover everything that happened today from uh, John Hawhey. Ha- ha- uh, his Twitter Twitter thread is uh, is up today already. They they already closed the trial down for the day, uh, so we got a bunch to get through through on that front. So we'll cover that today. Uh, a couple other things that are in the news, just kind of some random stuff that I think are interesting that you guys need to see. So that's what's on the, on the ticket for today. So appreciate you guys very much for being here today. Willie Fixit's in the house. Um, keep true. Good to see you out there. Uh, and Sea Dragon as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love. Uh, let me just go running over, over here with you guys and see what's going on. Over on Twitch, you guys working your way in over there today. Brian's in the house. <laughs> and uh, Chris Hanks out there hanging out over on, on Rumble. Thanks for being here today, guys. And a couple of people over there actually on on, uh, on on Telegram hanging out. TDS45 and Ralph, good to see you guys out there. Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, so without further ado, let's just hop straight to it, man, because there's a lot to get to. And uh, we're just going to kind of uh, go through all of the stuff that's been released today with regards to the trial and other stuff. So that's the plan. Glenn, thank you for the 145 gold pills, brother. I appreciate that. What's up, the, the one fan? Hey, Don S. And the Steel Monkey, good to see you guys out there. All right, so hopping straight to it, man. Let's uh, let's just. I'm just gonna do it in order that I have them in, and we're gonna get through it all today. So here we go. Let's kick it off here. All right, this is from Z Patriot dropping in chat the other day, I believe. I just finally went through Discord and found it. Uh, press release from uh, May 11th. Uh, from the Yuma County uh, Sheriff's Office, Yuma County voting fraud, the location of the incident, Yuma County, Arizona. Uh, Yuma County Sheriff's Office and the Yuma County Recorder's Office are working together to actively examine cases of voting fraud from the 2020 general election. And now a recent pattern of fraudulent voter uh, registration forms leading up to the 2022 primary election. Interesting. As of March 2022, U.S. Uh, y. CSO has 16 voting registration open cases. All relevant evidence is being formally documented by the Yuma County Recorder's Office and further investigated by the Yuma County Sheriff's Office. Some examples of voter fraud uh, Yuma County is currently seeing are the following. Patriot lady, good to see you. Imperson- uh, impersonation fraud, voting in the name of, of uh, other legitimate voters and voters who have died or have moved away. False registrations, falsifying voter registrations by either using a real or fake name, birth date, or address. This is being done by outreach groups who are paid for each registration form they submit. Therefore, they're out soliciting voters into unnecessarily re-registering and falsifying forms with Yuma County resident identities. Duplicate voting, um, submitting multiple votes or registering in multiple locations and voting in some uh, the same election in more than one jurisdiction or state. And then fraudulent use of absentee ballots, uh, requesting absentee ballots and voting without the knowledge of the actual voter or obtaining the absentee ballot from the voter and either filling it out in directly and forging the voter's signature or illegally telling the voter who to vote for. If you suspect or witness individuals committing any of the mentioned frauds, share their name or any other identifying information with law enforcement immediately. Uh, the major a majority of voter fraud cases in Yuma County are related to duplicate voting, typically charged as illegal voting and false voter registration. Under Arizona law, illegal voting is a class five or a class six felony. A person found guilty faces up to a whopping two to two and a half years plus prison of prison plus fines and restitution. Our voting rights laws are about as laughable as our pedophile laws in this country. 
it's amazing how that works, and boy, do we have work to do. So there you go. Thank you for that, Z Patriot. That came out on May 11th, uh, right around noon. So there's that. Let me hop to this. This is from Sydney Powell dropping this a little bit ago, uh, about a three and a half minute video. Military cyber security expert explains to Tarrant County why no county should use electronic voting systems. Check this out. We're at that point on the agenda. Hello? Sean Smith. Yep. This is Judge Glenn Whitley in Tarrant County. You had put in an audience participation form. Um, we're at that point on the agenda. You have three minutes to make any comments you wish to make. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. This point for me is that my background is uh, as an active duty officer in the Air Force was as a space operator, but I also spent considerable time doing operational tests to complex computer-based weapon systems. And then my last assignment was in the Pentagon overseeing the operational testing of all space systems in the Department of Defense except for satellite communications. And follow on to that, I spent about a year helping my former office under the Office of Secretary of Defense do what's called adversarial assessment. Through that process and through that experience and training, I have a pretty uh, solid understanding of the cyber threat. And because of that, I understand in a way, in a way that most of the public doesn't understand that uh, there's no way we can ever trust a computer system built with uh, components made overseas, particularly in China, or assembled in China, let alone both. And that's what we have in our voting systems, unfortunately. Uh, I also think that the multitude of examples now where forensic examiners in Maricopa, in Mesa County, Arizona, in Georgia with the Haldeman Declaration about the Dominion ICX machine, all of that shows you, regardless of what voting machine you're using, that the regime of testing and certification that we have in place is useless. In fact, it's worse than useless because it assures us of something that is not true and of which that certification process cannot possibly verify. And for the people who said, well, the machines are certified, I would say, you know, the Space Shuttle Columbia was also certified for flight. How'd that turn out? The Boeing 737 MAX was certified for passenger operations and then crashed, killing over 500 people in two separate uh, accidents before they finally let experts take a look at it. Um, and my point in saying that is not to try to scare people, but just to say that based on my experience, and I'm not a cyber professional, but I work with cyber pros, and I know the difference between somebody who knows cyber and somebody who doesn't. And if you don't know the difference, then you're in very dangerous territory when you try to make any conclusions or try to listen to someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about. Our voting systems, from my perspective, based on what I've seen and based on the expert examiner reports, cannot be trusted with our election. And, and what they require in order for you to verify for yourself is that you become a cyber expert. Otherwise, you're forced to trust other people who say they're experts, people who have conflicts of interest, and people who've been trained essentially by National Association of Secretaries of State, State election directors, Sorry. and by the Election Assistance Commission. You, you need to wrap one thing that's not true. You need to wrap up your comments. 
That, that's all I had to say. I appreciate the chance to talk to you. Um, you know, I, I would just say we used to hand count at the precinct level, and it worked just fine, and we can do it again, and we don't have to trust anybody to do that. We can see it for ourselves. And I highly recommend for all citizens in the country, if we want to be citizens and not subjects, that we take control of our elections back from the people who call themselves experts. Thank you very much. Good stuff from Sydney Powell today, making sure that we get that out there. Uh, so there you go. There's the link to that. Uh, let me drop this in all the different chats out there. I see, I see a, few, a few of you guys asking for that. Yes, indeed. Please do share that far and wide. Very interesting, is it not? Uh, that talks about, uh, yeah, they're, they're, no, they're, they're certified. They're, that means that they're, they're good to go. Don't you understand? There's, there's the most secure elections ever. <sighs> well, I think we're finally breaking through that with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, the, I don't want to call them normies, but the people who actually love this country and, and really believed in our elections, I think of the vast majority of people now realize that uh, we got a major problem. So uh, there you go. There's that from there. Something I wanted to talk about with regards to Arizona and the um, what's, what's happening out there. Um, about three years ago, we did a dig here on Uncensored that, uh, that pointed to some serious... Um, problems out West, uh, and the group is called La Raza. And I keep trying to bring this up to people and I keep trying to highlight it to people and nobody really wants to talk about it because while these people are brutal and they are intimidation tactics to the extreme and anybody who, you know, goes against them, their, their families end up dead. So we we have a serious problem out West and especially in Arizona, New Mexico, uh, all the way up to Idaho. There's all kinds of problems, uh, Colorado. And if you do the dig on La Raza, you'll find that it, it, they believe that the United States illegally took the West and they believe it's theirs and they're going to just take it back. And they're going to take it back by invading basically over periods of time and just, you know, becoming, you know, uh, becoming residents and becoming judges and police and city council officials and, and, uh, school board members. And they're going to basically run their own areas. It is a very important dig that I can't believe really nobody else has been talking about. And I wish people, more people would the, this is called the La Raza community resource center. Something that's very important about this group, because this group works directly with globalist NGOs to create, well, immigration services and food pantries and parenting classes and family support cases and leadership development and advocacy, women's support groups, the usual radical leftist uh, things. And it's amazing that people leave tyranny to come to America to implement tyranny. It's like the same morons that leave Chicago, New York, or, or L.A., for Texas or other places and then vote the same and wonder why their freaking people can't, uh, uh, <laughs> can't survive in that area anymore. Um, this is one of many nonprofits. This is just one of them. La Raza is indeed the race. They believe <clears throat> that the, uh, uh, white people stole their land, um, very deeply. 
Uh, who is involved with all this? Well, the mayor's office of housing and community development, of course, you got to have that. The San Francisco Office of Civic Engagement, San Francisco Foundation. Uh, this one specifically, obviously, is in California. Every state in the West has a La Raza collaborative that works with other groups such as these, the Latino Task Force, the Immigrant Parent Voting, the San Francisco Pathways to Citizenship, the San Francisco Latino Parity and Equity Coalition. you got to have that. Um, uh, what, what else do we have here? Of course, they have a newsletter that you may want to sign up for. This group, again, the La Raza Community Resource Center is based out of San Francisco and is directly tied in with the Pelosi crime family and the globalist elites and the rest. The reason why this is so important is because when you talk about voter intimidation and you talk about what's happening out West with regards to the, um, not the not NGOs and the nonprofits that were uh, raided, those groups are linked financially directly through open border society, through groups like these, the La Raza community resource centers that are popping up all over the West. This group specifically, I don't, I don't have a sauce on it. I didn't have enough time to dig to really dig. And it's, you can't find stuff unless you speak Spanish. Some of it's stuff. You got to really be able to have resources to dig on this. So I'm glad that some of you are going to do that. Um, when I did the dig way back two, three years ago, uh, you can find um, the usual groups, uh, the usual NGOs, the usual money flows that are flowing in from the usual globalist philanthropists and the Soroses of the world, uh, money flowing down into uh, larger groups. And then those groups, you know, disseminate lower and lower and continue the money laundering scam all the way down to the local grassroots level. Uh, the, the Raza, La Raza major community, um, the main, the, the main community, I should say is based out of Mexico and the, part of the Sonola cartel war and the other wars that are happening out there is a power play by the group that is affiliated with La Raza, um, the, I, I found ties to other South, South American groups, uh, such as the FARC and others, uh, with, with regards to funding the NGOs that fund through, uh, the North American treaty organization and all those other, uh, not, not, not that specific one, but the, you know, the, the, um, the Western hemisphere, uh, NGOs and, uh, power structure. There's a whole governmental structure over, uh, the Western hemisphere. And I, off the top of my head, I lost it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, they, they decide who the next leaders are in South America and Central America. And they are the kind of, uh, the Dav the Davos of the Western Hemisphere, and they control everything that happens throughout the Western Hemisphere. And if you piss them off, you're the you're the one that ends up going away for money laundering and things like that. Uh, so the ties in with La Raza also tie in directly to that uh, governmental structure that oversees the Western Hemisphere. It is very deep, and it is extremely disturbing that. Now you're seeing uh, arrests and uh, voter fraud to a point of intimidation and other tactics being used in order to force people to do things that probably they normally wouldn't do. Uh, and this group is, it is the true domestic terrorist organization of America. They are the true group that is actually trying to destroy our world um, or destroy our country from within and it seems that they are very protected 
by anybody who talks about him. So, you know, everybody who wants to talk about him. So it's very interesting. And I hope that um, you guys get a chance to get into your uh, to your offshoots and different groups and help try to get more exposure for La Raza and what they're trying to do to America. Because when you start to see the, uh, the, ra- the ratings of of NGOs in, in Arizona, the funding comes from the exact same groups that are funding La Raza. So there you go. That's kind of the quick summary on it because I want to keep moving here today. Uh, the Grouse, thank you for the cookie. Good afternoon to you as well. Mexican mobsters indeed, indeed. And they're directly tied in with our government, which is crazy if you think about it. Um, so there's that. I'm going to save that article for a little bit later. Uh, I want to hop straight to uh, Durham now at this point. It's already been a half hour, and I got lots to get to on that front. So let's go ahead and go straight to Durham. I uh, just want to check in with you guys real quick and see what's, if everything's okay out there. Uh, S Turn, thank you for the new follow on Twitch. I appreciate that very much. Much love to you guys. Thank you all for being here today and all the lurkers out there as well. Just Mojo dropping $20 on me for best wishes on the house and land. Make sure you get the liquid seaweed for the new plants. It stimulates the roots. Beto is an asshole. I, <laughs> Beto is a scumbag, and, of course, he politicized a horrific uh, event uh, in Texas, and uh, my prayers just go out to the families of everyone out there. <clears throat> it is amazing what we are doing to our kids in this country. It is very scary to see how effective they are able to manipulate our children, and that's the scary part about all that stuff. But all right, guys, let me get, let me move into uh, Techno Fog's article that he dropped last night. Uh, we have been covering every one of these <clears throat> that he's written with regards to the Sussman investigation, and so let's hop to it today. How the FBI hamstrung the Alpha Bank investigation, the latest from the Michael Sussman trial. We did cover this yesterday, but I always like a, a quick recap, and the best place to do that is Techno Fog. Here we go. Today in the Michael Sussman trial, as of yesterday, I should say, we received additional information regarding the FBI's leadership's involvement in the opening and execution of the Alpha Bank Trump investigation. This included FBI headquarters not approving an FBI agent's repeated request to interview the sources of the Alpha Bank materials. But first, we'll start with the examination of Tricia Anderson. Anderson is currently a Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Office of Legal Counsel. Back in 2016, she was the FBI Deputy General Counsel and reported directly to then FBI General Counsel James Baker. The purpose of her testimony was to prove up her notes from a uh, September 19th, 2016 meeting she had with Baker, where Baker discussed his meeting with Michael Sussman. The notebook was necessary because Anderson didn't recall the meeting itself. Question, all right, could you, you, you could read the entire contents of 242 to the jury, please. Answer, yes, it says Sussman meeting with Baker. No specific client, but group of cyber academics talked with him about research. Quote, article this Friday, New York Times slash WAPO, unquote. And then it trails off. My pen appears to have run out of ink. Anderson stated she... She knew of Sussman prior to September of 2016, but denied knowing he was an attorney for the DNC. In response, and I'm already having... Throat problems. Jeez, that's not a good start. Hello, Patriot Lady. Thank you for being here today. Um, In response, she was presented with an interesting email discussing an FBI meeting with Sussman, the DNC CEO, Sean Henry of CrowdStrike, and another FBI official, Cyber Division's James Trainer, to take place on June 16, 2016. Question. 
Let's take a look at the email itself, and I'll read it for you. It says, June 16th, 2016, quote, Hi, guys, FYI, the meeting between AD Trainer and DNC CEO Amy Dacey, DNC Outside Counsel Michael Sussman, Perkins Coy, and Sean Henry of CrowdStrike is scheduled for 3 p.m. this afternoon. AD Trainer advised the meeting will focus on providing the entities with information related to the FBI efforts to date, as well as requesting additional information from CrowdStrike and the DNC regarding the intrusion. For reference, that meeting took place two days after the DNC announced on June 14th, 2016, that it had been a victim of Russian hacking over a month before the DCC said it had been hacked by the Russians. Uh-huh. My Russia. Little did the world know that Hillary Clinton ordered the uh, internal look into her own people, and it wasn't a hack. It was a breach by Seth Rich, who has now been murdered for his work. Curtis Hyde, back in September 2016, FBI agent Curtis Hyde was assigned to Alpha Bank investigation in a co-case agent capacity. His trainee, FBI agent Allison Sands, was the lead investigator on the case. This case came from FBI headquarters in D.C., specifically from Joe Pienka. While Hyde understood the Alpha Bank allegations came from an anonymous source, Hyde never learned the identity of that source. Now, again, uh, Cash yesterday was ripping on Hyde, calling him a, a paid liar, a professional liar. So keep in mind on that question. OK, did you ever learn who the anonymous source was brought was that brought the allegation to the FBI answer? No, the alpha bank opening communication drafted by Hyde said it was opened as a full field investigation. He was quote ordered to open the investigation by FBI headquarters. You guys were basically ordered to open the case, right? Answer. Yes. We were told to by headquarters. Yes. Question told ordered. I mean, you didn't have a choice answer. Yes. Pienka made clear that the opening of the investigation was demanded by the FBI's seventh floor, who have all been fired, including Director Comey on on the at the behest of Bill Priestep. Comey fired. I don't know why I have to keep whatever. Anyways, okay. And he tells you initially on the 21st, quote, people on the seventh floor to include director are fired up about this server. Correct answer. Yes. And quote question. And he says, did you guys open a case, reach out and put tools on? And if quote, if not, I will call Dan as pre-step says, it's not an option. We must do it. Correct answer. Yes. This is the type of investigation that Hyde said that employs all of our resources. As Agent Hyde explained, quote, in order to open a full field investigation, we would need specific and articulable facts that that a threat to U.S. national security has occurred and there has been a violation of federal law, unquote. This is in contrast to lower investigative levels, those for which the Alpha Bank allegations would be more appropriate, which allows limited investigative techniques to see if an allegation or an investigation is warranted, unquote. As do some of the Alpha Bank allegations brought by Sussman question. Now, Agent Hyde, what, if anything, did you find regarding these allegations and the purported findings in this white paper, Hyde? We were not able to substantiate any of the allegations in the white paper. Mm-hmm. The FBI Cyber Division also discounted the Sussman white paper. Hyde, the Cyber Division... 
uh, quote, were also were also unable to substantiate any of the allegations in the white paper, and they deemed that the information provided was not in accordance with how the Russians would conduct cyber activities, unquote. In fact, Agent Pienka, whom we have long criticized, relayed the cyber division's conclusions to Hyde, stating, question, okay, so if you... Uh, could read the that first line answers the first line is from me to joe and it says quote i talked to the cyber division we're leaning towards this being a false server not attributed to the trump organization unquote relatively early on in the investigation on september 26 2016 agent hyde sent a message to pianka requesting an interview of the source of the alpha bank white papers by that time hyde knew the white paper was bunk he had received no response from pianka his repeated he repeated this request on October 3rd, 2016. Agent Hyde's requests were rebuffed by his liaison at the FBI headquarters. Question was, okay, so if you could read the first, uh, read that first sentence. Answer, he says, quote, got it and being discussed at headquarters. Before we make any decisions on that front, we will need to know what we can learn from the logs we have now obtained regarding the nature of the allegation or the actual activity between Alpha Bank and the domain slash server, unquote. Question, Agent Hyde, did you ever learn who was the source of the information uh, was of the white papers and data? Answer, no. So he says. Regarding Hyde's background, he supported the initial efforts of Crossfire Hurricane, unquote, and he was involved in the George Papadopoulos case. He said he is currently under administrative investigation by the FBI for intentionally withholding classified information in the Carter Page FISA warrant. Question, as part of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation, is the FBI currently conducting an administrative inquiry regarding that investigation? Answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big the big drop from yesterday that I was like, holy shit, there's other investigations going on, you say? Um, question, are you being investigated individually as part of that investigation? Answer, yes, myself and I believe others as well, McCabe. Question, okay, and what did you do? Okay, a que a question, okay, and what did you then what was the issue regarding exculpatory information as far as you understand? Answer, there were various consensual recordings that were obtained from one of the subjects. Interesting. What kind of recordings were there? And there were statements, I believe, used in a FISA application that were the exculpatory information was not divulged to the FISA court. Interesting. <laughs> Carter Page is going to get paid. When, uh, when asked about the details of his involvement in the FISA applications, Hyde said he didn't author any of the affidavits or any of the materials related to the applications in question. Didn't author? Okay, who cares? Then there's the testimony regarding another FBI confidential human source. According to today's transcripts, another person in, uh, provided information to the FBI regarding the Alpha Bank allegations. We believe that to be Christopher Steele or downer connected with any one of that group that was also involved in the initial Trump Russia hoax quote, we spoke to a confidential human source who said he was contacted by David Dagon of Georgia tech to provide technical analysis on the white paper. Correct. Answer. Yes. Question. He believed the white paper was credible and was going to share that assessment this afternoon with the Washington post prior to his interview with the Washington post. He was speaking to representatives of the Trump organization who wanted to explain their side of the story. 
And then it goes on to say, claims of suspicious activity have already been debunked uh, by our analysis of the logs from Central Dynamics. And other claims of suspicious activity were, in fact, the result of investigative activity taken by the FBI and Alpha Bank, correct? Answer, yes. (laughs) Who is this confidential human source, asked Technofog. Someone with media connections or someone in the media close to Joffe's researchers with political interest in the Alpha Bank allegations. I'm taking a guess that it's steel, but who knows. The next page, top bullet, it reads, quote, The aforementioned confidential human source, as well as David Dagon, are expected to directly contradict FBI assessments and will report that there is credible evidence of covert communications between Trump email servers and Alpha Bank. Their assessments do not change ours, but pose a challenge in refuting their claims only using only open source information, unquote. The significance of this is twofold, says Technofog. First, we have another source that needs to be identified. I wonder if it's that New York Times reporter. That's an option. A source that is seemingly close to Joffe's researchers with politics that likely lean left secondly secondarily not interviewing sources and not providing information of the sources to the investigative agents is part of Sussman's defense agent Hyde admitted they didn't interview Dagon during their case in uh, in chief during their case in chief and during closing Sussman's attorneys will argue that it was the FBI, not Sussman, who prevented inquiry into Sussman's sources. Edit. Last thoughts about the latest confidential human source. He was close with the Alpha Bank researchers. He had an agenda. He was interviewed by the Washington Post. He spoke with Hope Hicks. He seems to be in the media. Is this confidential human source? David Korn. A discussion in theory by Technofog. Interesting. Korn has an agenda and was close to those who spread the Alpha Bank hoax. Korn was interviewed by the Washington Post on November 2nd, 2016. Today's transcript, however, references October 5th, 2016. Status update on Alpha Bank case, where the confidential human source had potentially already been interviewed by the Washington Post. I say potentially because the FBI discussion isn't entirely clear on the topic. Number three, Corn spoke with Hope Hicks about the Alpha Bank issue. Quote, in an email to Mother Jones, Hope Hicks, a Trump campaign spokeswoman, maintains, quote, the Trump organization is not sending or receiving any communications from this email server. The Trump organization has no communication or relationship with this entity or any Russian entity. Reporting from the confidential human source mentions a call with Hicks, but does not rule out emails. Interesting. Or Technofog says this, or consider the possibility that the confidential human source was Michael Isakoff, which is also a very interesting one. That could, could very well be him as well. On the same date as the FBI status update on Alpha Bank case, where confidential human sources discussed October 5th, 2016, Fusion GPS sent this Alpha Bank email to Isakov. The attachment to that email, titled Alpha Group Overview 9.1.16, would have provided context to prior discussions with Isakov regarding Alpha Bank from Peter Fritz to Michael Isakov. Uh, Alpha Bank over off the record, all open source though. Uh huh. I'm working through the confidential human source issue as more information gets released during the trial and uh, almost doing a real-time thought process on the topic. So there you go. Other theories. The confidential human source is academia, or it might be Franklin Fuller, who has been in contact with Fusion GPS all summer and who eventually ran the now-debunked Slate article linking Alpha Bank to Trump. Like Corn, Fuller has uh, reached out to Hope Hicks regarding the Alpha Bank allegations. Fuller was believer. Uh, he was a believer, and he had knowledge of other reporters' efforts to cooperate. Corroborate the story. 
or the confidential human source is Joffe, who is relaying information from a reporter, if that reporter even exists. Uh, Charlie Savage says Berkowitz is taking uh, talking about this Grasso email showing Joffe called him and provided some uh, information about Alpha Bank. Uh, Grasso recalls Joffe describing it uh, as being a matter the FBI was investigating about comments between Trump organization and Russian entity. Um, then uh, Technofog posts Charlie Savage again. The Philippus gets Grassle to say that while Joffe had shared info with him on various occasions, Grassle usually let his handling agent know. In this case, Joffe asked him not to let anyone know his identity as the source, and no one else at the FBI knew who the, anonym, the anonymous source was Joffe. All right, updated with the afternoon transcript below, the testimony of Jared Novick, the CEO of BitVoyant. Uh, Novick was a former business partner of Rodney Joffe at BitVoyant, a company that focused on private sector cybersecurity. He reported directly to the board on which Rodney Joffe was a member. In August of 2016, Joffe gave Novick a task to dig up data related to Donald Trump and Russia. The question is this, and can you describe to the jury what the tasking what that tasking involved answer in August of 2016, he called me asking to, to look at research and data related to Donald Trump and Russia and Russia and Donald Trump question. And was this type of tasking common or uncommon for you at Bitvoyant? answer? It was extremely uncommon. It was, it was unique. We never before did any tasking like this. Okay. And can you explain to the jury why it was unique answer? It was about an individual. I mean, we're a private company trying to help other private companies defend themselves. This was a tasking about an individual or a group of individuals. And it was in August of 2016, based on that individual, Donald Trump as the presidential candidate felt very political. So the whole thing to me felt like opposition research. Who did Joffe target, according to Novick? Rodney tasked me, and I received a PDF document. And in that PDF document, there were, you know, a handful, five, seven names of individuals, their home addresses. They had a spouse, if their spouse's name and companies related to their spouse, their personal email addresses. So everything about that document was, it was very personal. This list included... Carter Page, Sergey Milian, and Richard Burt. The name of this project, it was called Crimson Rhino. Novick stated that he complied with Joffe's request and cast a large net on these individuals using a 90-day history of data. On cross-examination, counsel for Sussman attempted to play up Joffe's qualifications and reputation. Novick had this response. Are you aware of the respect that Joff, uh, Mr. Joffe had in the government communities in 2016? Novick, it's an interesting question because I do know some of the government agencies were suspect of Rodney. There you go. There is... There is Technofog's latest uh, summary from yesterday. So that gives us kind of a groundwork to go to. Um... Chuck Grassley was in the news today. Chuck Grassley says new Durham evidence shows FBI misconduct and a vendetta against Trump. There's an article in a real America's voice. I fear these recent developments are just the tip of the iceberg said the GOP Senator declared in a Senate floor speech yesterday. So let's see what the, 
what Chuck Grassley had to say. A, G- a key GOP senator who helped unravel the false Russia collusion narrative declared Tuesday that new evidence introduced by Special Counsel John Durham in a criminal trial shows the FBI engaged in misconduct to carry out a political vendetta against Donald Trump. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa gave his speech on the Senate floor the same day as the FBI agent admitted during the trial of former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman that he is under criminal investigation by Durham. It was the first admission that current FBI officials face potential criminal liability. Previously, a former FBI lawyer admitted admitted falsifying evidence submitted to the FISA court in order to get surveillance warrants targeting the Trump campaign. Grassley said testimony and documents submitted at the Sussman trial show FBI managers, including ex-director James Comey, were fired up to pursue what turned out to be false allegations created by the Clinton campaign and delivered to the FBI by Sussman that Trump had a secret communications channel with the Kremlin back in 2016. The senator, the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, said the FBI effort to sustain the investigation included wrongly claiming in official documents that the evidence for the probe came from the Justice Department, when it in fact came from Sussman, a lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Quote, by the looks of it, this FBI document contains false information, Grassley said. Quote, I fear these recent developments are just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) He knows damn well it's just the tip of the iceberg. Quote, the FBI's exposure to false information and actually using it for investigative purposes reeks of a political vendetta. Uh, get Trump at all costs attitude, whether Sussman is convicted or not, the evidence introduced by Durham shows serious government misconduct. Special counsel John Durham can't let government misconduct go unpunished. Let's hope that Durham follows through. FBI investigating uh, potential misconduct in the Trump-Russia probe, an article from Daily Caller. We have already covered this several times, but because uh, the people who write these articles often leave us little nuggets in them, I like to spend time on them. And so let's check this one out, too. This is from the Daily Caller today. Yes, today at 10 a.m. by Shelby Talcott. The FBI is in the midst of an internal review to suss out any possible misconduct related to the Trump-Russia probe, Curtis Hyde, a supervisory agent, said on Tuesday. Hyde testified Tuesday in a special counsel John Durham's trial against former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman, Hyde said on the stand that a slew of FBI agents are being looked into for review, and CNN reported it as well. Hyde revealed the investigation also extends to him and that he's being probed regarding an allegation that he withheld information from the FISA court, and the FBI agent maintained that he didn't withhold exculpatory information on purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah. None of these guys knew what they were doing. It was just, it was an accident. Nobody knew. I didn't, we, we didn't really know what was happening. The information Hyde allegedly withheld from was a recording of, from one of the FISA application subjects, he told the court. The FISA, the, the FISA court looks over surveillance and other investigative requests related to the foreign intelligence. Supposedly foreign intelligence. Sussman was charged by Durham in 2021 with lying to the FBI during a 2016 meeting, and Hyde was one of the FBI agents involved in the Bureau's investigation of Sussman's tips. Of Sussman's tip. Other FBI agents have been have taken the stand in the trial as well, with former FBI General Counsel James Baker testifying earlier in May that he is 100% confident. Sussman told him that, that the tip was provided not on behalf of a campaign or a client. Durham has accused Sussman of providing the tip to the FBI while keeping secret his connection to the Clinton campaign. CNN previously reported... Early in the trial, Durham's team laid out the argument that Sussman tried to create an October surprise on the eve of the presidential election, according to law and crime. So there you go. Much more to come on that front. Let's get to today. 
couple of filings today. U.S. District Court of Columbia, United States of America versus Sussman, a government's motion for the court to take judicial notice. The government respectfully moves to, to the court to take judicial notice of the fact that the FBI investigation is an agency of the executive branch of the government of the United States. Respectfully submitted by John Durham. The government moves the court to take judicial notice that the fact of the FBI and is an agency of the executive branch. Oh, is an agency of the executive branch, meaning <laughs> they're, they're tied to and directed by the president of the United States, i.e. Barack Obama. Very interesting filing there today by Durham. And then the second one filed is a government's motion regarding evidence admissible under rules 801D and 8043. Um, it's a three-page filing. I'm going to go ahead and check it out here. There's probably not much in here, but hey, um, it's not often we get f- f- you know documents dropped, so let's see what's in here. The government intends to offer into evidence portions of the defendant Michael Sussman's sworn testimony before the permanent House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence given on December 18th, 2017. In particular, the government has pre-marked as a government exhibit the defendant's testimony wherein, contrary to what he told the FBI counsels on September 19th, 2016, as corroborated by the handwritten notes of Priestep and Anderson, which have already been submitted as evidence, and he told the and he told CIA personnel with whom he met with in February 2017, he stated he was representing a client on both occasions. The prior testimony is admissible against the defendant as a statement of a party opponent rule, uh, 801D, as well as statement against interest rule, 8043. Um, so because, uh, because Sussman may or may not testify, and if he testifies, he may just plead the fifth, uh, Durham is working hard to get this other evidence admitted. Last evening, the defense has advised government counsel that it intends to seek the admission of the entirety of the defendant's congressional testimony under so-called rule of co- completeness. Uh, the rule states that the party introduces all or part of the writing of the recorded statement that an adverse party may require the introduction at that time of any other part or any other writing and recording. So... Uh, they're trying to use his previous testimony just to prove that he's that he's not lying um, because that's the defense. That's what the case is for. But um, Durham is saying, OK, well, if you want to have that admitted, you're also going to have this admitted. The rule is based on two considerations, blah, blah, blah. Here's the testimony to be offered by the government is limited to that relating to the defendant's statements concerning his rep- representation of a client in his November, September 19th, 2016 and February 2017 engagements with the FBI's general counsel and CIA representatives respectively. In this regard, the defense has not identified any additional portions of the transcript that suggest that those to be offered by the government have taken out of context or are incomplete. As a possible aid to the court in assessing how Rule 106 should be applied in, the, in, in this instant matter, the government respectfully suggests taking the approach followed by the district court in the United States versus Bailey. In Bailey, the court citing what it referred to as, as respected evidence treatise, a series of factors that helps the court identify when fairness uh, requirement rule, blah, blah, blah. So it's a bunch of lawyers speak, really, is what it comes down to, whether or whether or not evidence can be submitted. That is basically the summary of this. Uh, there are proper grounds for the admission of the defendant's statement related to this representation of a client made on, de- on December 18, 2017, before a congressional committee. Rule 106, Fed R, evidence, whatever. This There is no lawful basis for admitting the entire, entire transcript of the defendant's testimony before the House committee. Refe- respectfully submitted, John Durham and his attorneys. All right, so there's those. Now, 
Let me first check in with you guys, see how you guys are doing out there. We'll get into what happened today here right quick. Uh, but I want to say hello to you guys all out there, and thanks for being here today. Uh, Dr. J. Blazer, again, dropping some uh, some subs out there. That was yesterday, never mind. Uh, good good, good crowd over there. Boulder Q, good to see you. OG Mary, thanks for being here today, guys. You guys just listening intensely and, and having your own uh, discussion. Esther, good to see you. Hope all is well. Everyone over there on Rumble, thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, just Mojo, again, thank you for the, uh, for the Rumble rant. I appreciate that very much. Thank you very kindly. Uh, Marauders out there as well, good to see you. And uh, several others out there lurking as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. Over there in the Foxhole. I have 345 gold pills already. Thanks, guys. The Grouch and Glenn MS. Thank you guys for your support. I appreciate that. And thanks for being here today. Uh, Glenn, Discord is nuking servers. Indeed, we have a, a group that I haven't paid attention to. I apologize for that. I've been kind of busy lately. Trump is scheduled to speak at the NRA Institute for Legislative Action Leadership on May 27th. Interesting. Thank you for that. Knock my socks off. All right. So there you go. Let's get to the Durham stuff for today. Uh, let me double check everything here. Looking good, looking good. All right. John Hawhey from today, day eight of the Sussman trial, is set to begin at the East Barnett Perryman U.S. District Courthouse in D.C. shortly with the prosecution set to sum up its case with its 17th witness. <laughs> just a, just another coincidence. Durham paralegal Corey Arsenal, former DNC Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman, is on trial for allegedly lying to the FBI when he delivered data documents purporting a secret Alpha Bank channel, blah, blah, blah. All right, the prosecution. Tuesday night filed two motions seeking to thwart the defense's anticipated request to enter all of Sussman's testimony before the House Permanent Select Committee. We just discussed those last evening. The defense advised the government counsel it intends to seek admission of the entirety of the defendant's congressional testimony under the so-called rule of completeness. Then motion seeks to restrict that committee uh, transcript only to the parts where Sussman says he was representing a client when he delivered the materials to Baker. Quote, there's no lawful basis for admitting the entire transcript. It concludes, as we just read, the motion is likely to be the first matter discussed before the Judge Cooper today when the proceedings begin this morning. The prosecution with uh, Arsenal is a summary witness rests its case today. When the defense makes its case beginning Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, it will call former New York Times writer Eric Lightbaugh, FBI agent Tom Grasso, Tasha Gahar, and some character witnesses. There has been 16 witnesses called by the prosecutors, including eight former current, uh, former current FBI agents and attorneys. Among things we've learned so far is attorneys... Bill in six-minute blocks, and and FBI agents don't remember anything unless they wrote it down in their notes. <laughs> Cooper begins the day by admonishing both sides to keep it clean and complying with the evidentiary guardrails hammered out before and during the trial. Cooper's comments relate to the bitvoyant CEO Jared Novick's speculation that it could have been fabricated in a response to a question by Prosecutor Jonathan Algor. Prosecutors this morning acknowledged that um, they did not mean to elect such a response and agreed to have the statement struck from the record. Also, both parties agreed to the government motion regarding the 2017 congressional testimony. So there's that illicit. That is, we will get it together as the day goes along. Maybe. Uh, meanwhile, Arsenal is on the stand. There has uh, already been one sidebar as the government summarizes its case against Sussman and uh, agreement to not parade a hundred exhibits one by one, as we discussed yesterday. Hey, Joel Lane, hope all is well. Tech 264, thank you, Shades. Gotta love 17, indeed. Um, government enters billing records as evidence. Sussman told he 
uh, wasn't representing clients, but between July 31st and September 19th, 2016, he billed the Clinton campaign four times for communications regarding server with Elias uh, or regarding confidential project. All right. Uh, billing, calendar entries, phone records, like reading cement, but they are the building blocks of the government's case, documenting Sussman's engagement with others in the alleged joint venture. Um, and don't forget the emails. Arsenal speaks softly. Entries are quite small on the monitor. A blur of dates and names suffice to say a lot of contact between alleged communicants and what the government claims was a coordinated scheme. Sussman purchased single Sussman purchased single use flash drives for securing sharing of files in a DC Staples on September 13th, 2016 for $12.90. Prosecutor Michael Kielty asked Arsenal if the purchase was billed to a certain client. She responded, Hillary for America. Sussman billed Hillary for America for the flash drives that created the fault this hoax. You can't make this stuff up. These people are stupid, dude. Defense attorney Michael Bosworth begins cross-examination of Ar- uh, Arsenal on September 19th, 2016. Entry was not billed to the Clinton campaign, but to his Perkins Coy law firm. Uh, it's good to see all this stuff come back up again. Bosworth also asked Arsenal about three billings for taxi rides from his office to lunch at uh to launch to FBI back to his office, all billed to Perkins Coy. The cross lasted nine minutes court now in recess as of seven hours ago. You don't want a judge or attorneys request a break in the middle of a testimony that jurors uh, heads are nodding. It's been a dog without ponies so far this morning, but the prosecution is tracing Sussman steps invoice by invoice. Seven hours ago, single-use flash drive, probably. The good news, unless you are a fan of a deliberative tedium, it uh, is the government is set to rest its case with summary witness Arsenal cross-examined for only nine minutes. She'll finish up when the court reconvenes here shortly. Six hours ago, the court was expected to reconvene about 11.45, but thus far, Cooper has not returned to the bench, and for some reason, defense will begin to make its case which will include witness Eric Lightblaw, formerly of the New York Times. Six hours ago, prosecutors read Sussman, December 2017, congressional testimony into record. Question, when you engaged with the FBI, CIA, were you doing that on your own volition? Answer, no. You were directed to have those conversations? Answer, yes. Question, client was okay with you going to the CIA? The answer to that question, yes. Of course Hillary was fine with him going to the CIA. Brennan was ready for him. Defense case opens. Former DOJ attorney Tashina Gahar is quickly off the stand. Now former federal prosecutor Mary McCord is testifying. Huh. Mary McCord testifying today. Really, 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 really. Well, let's just go take a look back at a certain friend of ours. Put in Mary McCord's name. What comes up? No posts. (laughs) McCord comes up in three posts. The first one that she comes up in is... May 4th, 2018, QPOS 1316. Focus on the FBI for now. Fired. <laughs> They're all fired. Think about the above, only the above. Get the picture, Q. Updated. James Baker fired, uh, reported resigned uh, false. He, re- he uh, was fired. Lisa Page reported today resigned false. Testimony received. Tracking uh, why? Cortan, Campbell, Loffman, Carlin, Yates. There's Mary McCord. 
acting assistant attorney general, acting head of the DOJ's National Security Division, fired and forced to resign. Ah, well, isn't that conspiracy? Fake news. The swamp is being drained. Trust the plan. Justice. Q. Mary McCord comes up in another one uh, that with regards to the FBI chain of command mid-year investigation for the FBI's cover-up of Hillary Clinton's uh, treasonous email uh, scandal. Q post 2070 came in on September 3rd, 2018. It is highlighting that FBI chain of command that covered up Hillary Clinton's email server and the fact that they have all been fired, 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 or fired, fired and fired, and others that are fired, <laughs> others that are forced, others that are uh, cooperating witnesses, such as Tashina Gahar. Hey, look at there, Trisha Anderson, huh? Man, it's interesting that that uh, in 2018, Q posted Trisha Anderson and Tashina Gahar and Sally Moyer and David Lofman. And hey, look, there's Mary McCord fired and forced to resign. Who ordered? Who ordered, says Q, presidential daily briefings, i.e. Barack Obama ordered it. The last one that shows up is, of course, that one Q post that is fun to read. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's have a little bit of fun today. Thank you, Joe Elaine, for spreading the word out there. Tam Growl, thank you for the can. Much love. 2381 came in October 9th, 2018. Statement released, 10918 Presidential Authority 1 General Statement. We understand that there is extreme fatigue and frustration. Are the wheels of justice slow? Exclude emotion and personal desire. Instead, use logic and critical thinking based on situational awareness. Undo a lifetime of evil and corruption, infestation in a span of less than two years with a corrupt DOJ and FBI in place? Question mark. Process, planning, law and order, military operation. How can you make arrests non-military prior to fully cleaning the, out the corrupt elements at the top of those departments, FBI and DOJ? that oversee investigation and prosecution in the United States. They themselves are the very one engaged in the illegal treasonous acts. Comey, McCabe, Rubicki, Baker, Prestep, Strzok, Page, Cortan, uh, Campbell, Lofman, Carlin, Yates, McCord, Orr, Brand, Rosenstein, Fired, Steinbach, Laconi, Coleman, Anderson, Kleinsmith, Tashina Gahar, Sally Moyer, how do you ensure those prosecuted non-military would receive an impartial judgment based on the rule of law? Think federal judge rulings, obstruction, POTUS, granted constitutional authority. How do you ensure appeals to the U.S. Supreme Court are evaluated impartially based on the rule of law? Think Justice Kavanaugh, five to four, military law versus criminal law, enemy, enemy combatant. How do you navigate around the installed blockade that was the Russia collusion narrative that they destroyed President Trump's uh, presidency over. How do you remove installed blockade? D-class, D-class, D-class. How do you navigate around installed corrupt FBI and DOJ? Use a stealth bomber who must authorize the FBI and DOJ officials. Why did McCabe try to take Sessions out? What was Sessions' Senate confirmation vote? 52 to 47, number 175, logical thinking. Versus clickbait Q getting back to it's always nice seeing names pop up that we've uh, seen before McCord as on the stand and testifying today um, uh, that uh, the gist of their comments is Sussman's data documents were part of a raft of concerns regarding Trump Russia in 2016. McCord is off the stand and the defense calls FBI agent Tom Grasso to testimony. Lead defense attorney Sean Berkowitz will examine Grasso, who was subpoenaed to testify by the Sussman team. Court is in recess after the FBI agent Tom Grasso testifies about how he passed along two IP addresses to investigators on behalf of Joffe and honor Joffe's request to remain anonymous. 
uh, four hours ago. Grasso, he said he interacted with Joffe often over more than a decade. He nominated Joffe for the 2013 FBI Director's Award for his role in a team that dealt with the butterfly bot. Joffe was reliable, respected, Grasso said. Grasso said in late 2016, uh, September 2016, he was aware of Trump-Russia concerns, but not of the Alpha Bank allegations. The first time he heard of it was when Joffe called him and advised me that there was an FBI investigation in the matter. Four hours ago, Grassley, uh, Grasso said Joffe verbally relayed to him two IP addresses that would help investigators. The agent had to make several phone calls to first determine if there was an investigation that Joffe know about, but he didn't. Grasso, was, Grasso learned there was indeed an Alpha Bank probe and sent an email to the Chicago folks with the IP addresses, but at Joffe's request did not disclose his identity, which frustrated investigating agents. Four hours ago, Grasso said he knew Joffe was an FBI confidential human source, and he knew that whose Joffe handler was, but never contacted him, nor did, the, did he know if Joffe had conveyed the information to his handler. Uh, Grasso said he would come directly to him, and he did not use an intermediary, even though he had a handler. It was always direct contact with Mr. Joffe. Grasso could not recall if he reached out to Joffe's handler, Agent Paul Sheff. Four hours ago, Grasso did not recall if Joffe said where he got or and who developed the data. Joffe specifically asked him not to disclose his identity. Quote, I can't say for certain why, but assumed it was because allegations involved Russia and he feared for his family's safety. Grasso told prosecutor Andrew DeFilippis it was odd, it was unusual, quote, that in that in that it concerned a matter I normally didn't work with Mr. Joffe on, unquote, cybercrime. Quote, this was Russia, foreign influence, counterintelligence, which is why I quickly passed it off, unquote. Grasso said if he knew Joffe's relationship um, with the Clinton campaign and that the data may have been generated by the campaign, quote, I would have passed that information on to people investigating. I would want them to know that this tied to a political matter. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, two hours ago, discussion before Cooper regarding the sealed motion filed by the defense regarding the Sussman uh, could be asked if he chooses to testify. The defense wants pretrial negotiations precluded from questioning. Interesting. Um, Sussman's lawyers want the pr- want a prompt response, but prosecutors want more time to review the motion. Lead defense attorney Sean Berkowitz said a response is needed sooner than later because it would inform Sussman's decision to take the stand. Uh, two hours ago, John says Berkowitz said if Sussman takes the stands, it would likely uh, take at least three hours, begin Thursday and Friday. Thus, Cooper said would like uh, mean closing arguments won't be heard till next Tuesday. The sealed motion was disclo- discussed after uh, defense witness Latham and Watkins LLP. Uh, fixers extraordinaire for the global cabal paralegal Randall Charnov and character witness Gemma Elliott Stevens, Thompson Reuters general counsel and former DOJ attorney, Martha Stenzel Gam. The Philippus said he uh, he'll file a reply to the sealed motion by 6 PM to determine what's fair for the defendant's cross examination. Cooper said Al is appreciated. Um, I think that's what he's saying. So we know if we are going to move forward into next week or if the defense is going to rest by Friday amid these confusing wrenches, says John Cooper has sent the jury home. There were more discussions regarding Hyde's fabricated comment 
and the defense was allowed to read parts of Sussman's December 17 congressional testimony into the record. That is as of uh, 2.42 p.m. Let's go check in and see if he's got anything else for the day, as that looks like that pretty much wraps everything up for the day. He does have a couple more comments here. Ah, uh, you suck. Twitter, I hate you. I hate having to go to Twitter. All right, he does have a couple other comments for today. Let's check those out and see what else he's got for today. Um, yeah, he's got about another five or ten comments here. All right, um... Before uh, the Sussman may testify bomb, Randall Charnoff, a paralegal at Latham & Watkins, the law firm defending him, took the stand as a defense witness. Charnoff was asked about charts, calendar entries, diagramming Sussman's contacts between uh, June and October of 2016. Charnoff explained he was placing contacts into three buckets of Sussman clients, one for the DNC, Democrat National Committee, one for the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, DCCC, and one for Hillary for America campaign. Correspondence included an August 3rd, 2016 email extortion threat to Hillary campaign with FBI recipients. The August 2nd message said campaign would be attacked on 8-8-2016 if ransom is not paid. Sussman CC'd in the email as HFA attorney. Um, interesting. The threat passed um, in August 9th email from HFA attorney Michael Sussman to members of the DOJ and FBI regarding intrusions of the DNC and DCC. Sussman thanked FBI agent Rodney Hayes for the agency's response. We appreciate your attention and assistance. The email said FBI scheduled three secret level meetings for threat briefings at the agency headquarters between August 11th and 16th with the DNC and DCC and Hillary for America. Sussman attended all three meetings among the entity's lawyers. Half hour ago, John says this in a September 22nd, 2016 email from the FBI agent Rodney Hayes to Sussman. Three days after he went to Baker, Hayes asked if he has time to chat with the FBI because the DOJ and FBI, quote, are likely to have some information requests for your clients and would like to talk to them, unquote. Charnoff's testimony was to demonstrate Sussman was well known as a cyber guy and as a lawyer who represented Democratic entities. His cachet, they say, is why he was concerned about the allegations and why Baker and others launched the probe. Uh-huh. On cross-examination, Prosecutor Michael Kielty noted prominent dates weren't on Charnoff's chart. September 18th and September 19th, for instance, were not documented. When asked why September 19th wasn't on the chart, Charnoff says, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. <laughs> uh-huh. Kielty noted that the chart only goes through October 2016. He asked, so February 2017 does not appear on this chart. Are you aware Mr. Sussman went to the CIA in February of 2016? Charnoff replied, I am not aware, admitting that he had not followed the case. So there you go. Proceedings have ended with, with all expecting a filing tonight regarding Sussman, potentially testifying as soon as Thursday. Uh, also on tap is a former New York Times reporter, Eric Lightblaw. For continued coverage, check out uh, there. So there you go. There we go. There's the summary for today uh, from John. Um, I would have to say probably the, the most interesting thing is uh, if Sussman does testify. Um, yes, what else What else is interesting out there from today that you guys caught your eye on? Uh, let me know what you guys think is uh, some of the most important things you guys saw out there for from today's testimony. I think Cash was in court today as well. Yes, indeed, Cash was there. Look forward to hearing and see what he has out there tonight as well. 
uh, all gang of eight, Obama, Trump, and Biden had to know. I think you're right, uh, Thumper Rose. I think you're right. Um, hang in there and knock my socks off. Hang in there. Uh, let's see here. Let me check in with you guys here. What time is it? 5.13 p.m. already. And we got through pretty much all that stuff today. I'm going to go check in here real quick. Uh, everyone over there on, uh, on Telegram, Leah and TDS, thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, let's see. Let me check in with any sources out there to see if there's anything breaking. Archbishop Vagano has another statement about the WHO Treaty. I'm glad he is speaking out. seems like he's the only one that seems to be speaking out these days, unfortunately. Um, anything else breaking out there? Um, doesn't look like there's anything else that's uh, that's broken today on the Sussman trial specifically. Let me just check in with Brian real quick. Uh, half of Brian, Biden's followers are fake. Yeah, exactly. Devolution Power Hour tonight with Patrick Gunnels. Interesting. So that's I got that going on tonight. So, yeah, not much happening out there. Who was the handler? Good question. Um, good question indeed. My Nexus, we all we all know that this uh, on this as facts for for so long now would be great seeing anyone go down. Anyone, I'm here. I hear you, my Nexus. This is just laying the groundwork, and whatever happens to Sussman doesn't matter because there is a lot more happening here besides just the Sussman thing. So um, don't be surprised if when. This doesn't go the way everyone thinks it's going to go, or he gets like six months, or he gets whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's more about laying the groundwork for the bigger picture on this. So there you go. You having problems with the Foxhole, Denise? I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, thanks for joining us here today, though, as you are every day. Uh, S. Turn says it's like they are ducks and cannot remember anything unless <laughs> they are heartily reminded. Indeed, they they can't remember anything. It seems like uh, you know. It's funny how that works. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, uh, can't can't tell you. Can't couldn't couldn't remember if I. Uh, you know, Hillary's standing right over there. You know what happens to people who question what she says? I don't. I can't remember. <laughs> that's how that shit works. I'm with you. I hear you. It's uh, it's amazing to watch these people. They think they're going to get away with it. You know what I'm saying? They really do. Um, let's see. I don't. I'm not paying attention to the shooter stuff. I don't really give a shit about that stuff. Ladybird 101. Thank you for the cookie. I appreciate that very much. Uh, good to see you out there. And a good crowd over there on uh, on the Foxhole today. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you very much. Um, yeah, so let me just do another quick uh, dig here. Let me quick look at um, Wonder Woman over on True Social, see if she's got any little nuggets out there today, and then we'll get to uh, the second half where we have a discussion about China, Hunter Biden, and other stuff. Let's see what Wonder Woman Toria Brooke has out there today. Um Uh, court now session. Okay. So she's got a full thread out there today. So we, I think we're pretty good at covering pretty much everything we have. John Solomon has a new article. Hillary, not only approved the plan to dirty up Trump with unproven Russia allegations, she paid for it in ways big and small. Sussman build the purchase of flash drives, a Clinton campaign. That probably is, uh, the most interesting thing from today for sure. No problem. Uh, Elder the hunt. <clears throat> so there's that. Um, that's about all I really see as far as, new from Durham today. If you guys see anything else breaking or if there's anything else that you want me to make sure to get uh, highlighted today, give me a shout out and we'll make sure we get that done. Uh, let me go see here. What else is going on over here? 
Anything new happening today? World leaders break for a lunch with fresh Atlantic crab and Spanish pork followed by duck. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. The Brownstone Institute, the WHO Treaty is tied to the global digital ID and passport system. Of course it is. The Second Amendment is not absolute. When in the past, you couldn't own a cannon, says President Biden, resident Biden. Whatever. No one really cares what you have to say. No one really cares. And yes, it does mean that uh, you are not going to take our guns ever. So you can keep trying and whining about it all you want, but it ain't going to happen. So there you go. Uh, Denny 17 says, uh, I haven't seen Maddow gloating over, over this like she was when calling about the Trump-Russia-Flynn collusion. Right? No shit, dude. Uh, that's, it's, uh, yeah. Things have definitely changed with, the, with regards to the narrative. You know what I'm saying? That is freaking for sure. <laughs> Lawyers are cheap as shit. Uh, Q says in a, in a filing Wednesday, Elon Musk noted that his personal financial commitment to the Twitter deal is now $33.5 billion. Musk reiterated his commitment to completing the $44 billion deal and is working on additional financing. Interesting. We'll see what happens on that front. Wouldn't it be nice to have free speech back? I, I, I wish uh, Twitter just would go away. That's really what needs to happen to Twitter. Just poof, gone. Have a nice day. See ya. Pfizer CEO talking and talking in Davos. Yeah, I saw that too. All right, check this shit out from Breitbart. This is a pretty interesting story. Genocide. Police hack shows Xi Jinping ordered China to break the lineages of the Uyghurs. An interesting story in, in the uh, Breitbart today. A massive trove of Chinese Communist Party internal documents including photos of thousands of concentration camp victims from the Uyghur heartland of East Turkestan published on Tuesday revealed that officials in charge of the Uyghur genocide regularly cited director Xi Jinping as personally order, ordering genocidal policies in one document in a 2018 speech, China's public security minister, Zhao Kenzi, applauded party officials and police in East Turkestan for working to, quote, break the lineages, break the roots, break the connections, break the origins of the region's people, claiming it's necessary to end terrorism. The, the Xinjiang police files published by researcher Adrian Zentz and the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, including speeches by high-ranking party officials, PowerPoint presentations used to train Chinese police in working in East Turkestan, thousands of photos and profiles of concentration camp victims in East Turkestan, and instructional documents teaching concentration camp guards how to handle prisoners. Uh, Zentz verified the documents through coordination with academics and experts on East Turkestan, the region China called the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, in a peer-reviewed journal article published on the Journal of European Association for Chinese Studies. This photo here, taken on uh, May 31st, 2019, shows the outer wall of a complex which includes is believed to be a concentration camp where mostly Muslim Uyghur ethnic minorities are detained on the outskirts of Hotan in China's northwest Xinjiang region. 
Zenz wrote in an article that he unexpectedly received the thousands of files from an unnamed third party. The individual, the individual requesting anonymity for his or her safety reportedly acquired the documents through hacking into computer systems operated by the public safety bureau of the countries of Kona, Kona Shaher, uh, located in Kashgar prefecture and Tekes um, in Ili Prefecture in eastern Turkestan. <laughs> so, yeah, there. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is currently engaging in genocide against the Uyghur people and other Turkish groups such as the Krins and Kazakh people in East Turkestan, as established by a wide range of experts and multiple governments, including the administrations of the President Joe Biden and Donald Trump. The evidence leading to the conclusion that China is internally intentionally attempting to destroy these ethnic groups includes the use of over a thousand concentration camps to indoctrinate torture enslave and rape victims the mass sterilization of non-han ethnic women and the concerted effort to eradicate islam in the country by destroying mosques or forcing them to preach only communist indoctrination and promote xi jinping's personality cult of, a t- of tantamount importance regarding the enforcement of international law where genocide is considered a preemptory norm that any court can prosecute is understanding who has ordered the genocidal policies currently being implemented so as to know who should face trial at international criminal court or another similar venue. The senior officials who remar- whose remarks appear on the Xinjiang police files repeatedly and clearly credit Xi Jinping personally for mandating a campaign to erase the indigenous people of East Turkestan. In a transcript of remarks by the Communist Party Secretary Xinjiang Chen Guanghao, Guanghao, something like that, Guanghao, Uh, For example, Chen consistently calls genocidal strategies like trapping Uyghurs in concentration camps, quote, the party central committee's strategy for governing Xinjiang with comrade Xi Jinping at the core, unquote. Zenz refers to the document obtaining these remarks made in June of 2018, followed by a visit by public safety minister Zhao to the region uh, in his academic article as, quote, perhaps the most important document of the Xinjiang police files because it very directly implicates the central government and Xi Jinping himself in the campaign of mass internment. The strategy Chen detailed, where he directly credits the general secretary, Xi Jinping, with implementing its five-year plan that began in 2017 and is expected to end this year that concludes the creation of vocational training centers or re-education camps, China's euphemism for concentration camps, um, in addition to the infiltration of all mosques with communist propaganda, quote, the seizing of wild imams, unquote, and a policy of ethnic erosion, both Chen and Zhao in his remarks referred to as, quote, breaking lineages, breaking roots, breaking connections, and breaking origins, unquote. Chen applauded his team and his remarks for having successfully implemented Xi's ideas. The quote, the sources of extremism have been controlled well. The seizing of wild imams have been done well. The investigating of two-faced persons has been done well, he praised. The, quote, digging, reducing, and shoveling of four breaks, breaking lineages, roots, connections, and origins have been done well, unquote. Chen also praised the promotion of the ethnic unity and idea that all ethnicities are one family and has been done well through cadres living with ethnic minorities, excuse me, 
an apparent reference to both mass surveillance of citizens, civilians, through the East Turkestan police state, and potentially to becoming a family program. The program forces Uyghur families to assent to an ethnic Han Communist Party member living in their homes and spying on them. The new family member often replaces the male head of the household forced into a concentration camp and sleeps in the same bed with the matriarch. Uyghurs have widespread rape and sexual abuse throughout the program. Quote, under the strong leadership of the party central committee with comrade Xi Jinping at the core, Chen later repeats, quote, our party committee cannot stop the anti-separatist struggle for even one single minute. Even if basic stability will be achieved in five years, we will continue to strike hard on it in the next five years from 2022 to 2026. In a public security... In Public Security Minister Zhao's remarks, some days before Chen's speech, the top national-level official similarly repeats the mantra of breaking lineages, breaking roots, breaking connections, and breaking origins, and repeatedly credits Xi with the campaign to erase the cultural cultural heritage of Xinjiang. Quote, this investigation study uh, visit to Xinjiang was approved by Secretary General Xi Jinping, the premier, Li Kang, Kang, I don't know, fully, um, <laughs> the premier, okay, that guy, Li, fully reflecting the great importance, concern, and support of the CCP Central Committee with comrade Xi Jinping at its core for the work in Xinjiang. Zhao insists at the, at the top of his remarks, quote, the purpose of the investigative study, investigation study visit is to implement uh, General Secretary Xi Jinping's strategy for governing Xinjiang. This photo was taken on May 31st, 2019, showing Uyghur woman going through the entrance in a bazaar, Hotan, to a bazaar in Hotan, uh, China's northwest Xinjiang region. Uh, General Secretary Xi has presided over several meetings to study and deploy Xinjiang work, delivered a series of important speeches, issued a series of important instructions, Zhao narrated, quote, clarifying the Central Party Committee's strategy for governing Xinjiang in the new era and the general goal of Xinjiang work. Real nice, right? Uh, The article finishes with this. Zhao went on to explain that she was micromanaging even how many staffers would work at each concentration camp and ordered the government to continue enlarging the capacity of concentration camps. Zhao particularly applauded party officials in the region for their work in transformation through education, a reference to vocational training concentration camps. He claimed that many, as many as 2 million people in the region have been influenced by pro-Xinjiang independence and double pan, pan-Turkish and pan-Islamic thinking, uh, effectively calling millions of people terrorists. American government estimates suggest that 3 million people were forced into concentration camps in East Turkestan at the peak of the campaign. And they are leaked documents that you can find in this link. Do me a favor, spread this one far and wide as well. You can find uh, the link to those documents therein. Um, human uh, Organ trafficking, indeed, is definitely part of what this all is, too. Interesting timing that this is coming out, too, as well. I, I think I uh, thought you guys might be interested to see that. I'll just put it that way. Popeye, thank you for the new follow. J.C. Bird giving a sub to Calitude. Thank you for that, J.C. Bird. I appreciate you very much, my friend. Good to see you out there. Uh, lots of lurkers over there on Rumble. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Trick Pony, thank you for the 100 gold pills. I appreciate that very much. Um... 
and the rest of you guys just kind of lurking and listening. I appreciate you guys out there today. Thank you. Let's keep it moving today. How much time we got? A half hour only left. Today's flying by again, as always. So we'll just keep it moving here today, guys. Thanks for being here. Let me get a sip of tea, please, real quick. <clears throat> hey, Comfortably Numb, good to see you out there. I hope you're having a great day today. All right, so there you go. Police hack shows Xi Jinping ordered China to break the lineages of the Uyghurs. Uh, the leaked documents are in there. The Xinjiang police files. So there you go. Hunter Biden laptop is 100% authentic. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The forensic examination has concluded. A copy of Hunter Biden's hard drive obtained by the Washington Examiner is indisputably authentic. There is no evidence of any hacking or file manipulation, according to an examination conducted by the former Secret Service agent who has testified as a cyber forensics expert in over 100 criminal investigations. Boom. So there you go. Um, The media is still trying to spin that and try to hide that from all of us. Uh, well, they're they're not able to keep that stuff hidden anymore. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> Facebook's first big angel investor, billionaire Peter Thiel, is stepping down from Meta's board effective immediately to pursue Trump's agenda. Very interesting, as finally the uh, there's a break in the in the world's oligarchs from <laughs> radical uh, Marxism. Thiel is leaving the board after 17 years to focus on backing Republican candidates J.D. Vance and Blake Masters for Senate in the upcoming midterm elections. Thiel became Facebook's first outside investor in August of 2004 with $500,000. He donated $1.5 million in support of Trump in 2016 and spoke at the RNC. Thiel is leaving the board after 17 years. Jack Dorsey also reportedly will leave Twitter's board of directors today, 16 years after co-founding the firm. He's expected to stand down ahead of the $44 billion takeover by Elon Musk. It comes after the entrepreneur stepped down as CEO last fall. Is there any uh, Jack posts? Uh, let's see. There's lots of Jack posts. There's 29 Jack posts. Uh, where's, let's see here. At Jack, Twitter near 20% slide, Facebook near 20% slide, all because of missed earnings. What does the street know? Insiders dumping. DC moves slow. At Jack, at um, Mark Zuckerberg, your hands are dirty. Q, interesting. Maybe there is more that these people will be held accountable. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Here's all the reporters that um, FBI and CIA colluded with. That's always good to see. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? Snowden closed the door. (laughs) At Jack, no PG bot push. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go back up. There's there's one specifically I want to read. I saw somebody posting out there today. Hey, there's my screenshot. (laughs) That somehow got stolen off my... That's the only time I've been, well, one of the times I've been sub-queued. That's actually my screenshot off of my device when QAnon hit 17. I took a screenshot of it. Uh, All for a conspiracy. Enjoy the show. Um, At Jack, shadow bands lifted. You're a bad boy. (laughs) Trolling is fun. Panic is good. At Jack, he or she who laughs last. Nobody is safe. At Jack, who has real control? Can you remove the top comments? Hey, Ladybird, thank you for the cookie. Thank you, Warren Mima. 
At Jack, March 17th, 2019, 3109. Thanks for playing, At Jack. Showing, showing your hand was the intended target. The strike will be fast. Shall we play a game? Q. <laughs> oh, man. You got to love May 28th, <laughs> 2020. 4346, Trump signs an executive order on social media companies. At Jack, you are warned. Q. <laughs> Man, I miss this. I can't wait. I hope President Trump runs again, and I hope he brings Q back again. That's what I hope. <laughs> the good old fun that we had, man. That was so much fun. All right, let me keep moving here. <clears throat> Uh, the truth about the $40 billion in U.S. aid essentially being set to arm Ukraine. $19 billion for immediate military support for Ukraine, $3.9 billion to sustain U.S. forces deployed to Europe, $16 billion for economic support to Ukraine and humanitarian relief, $2 billion for long-term support to NATO allies and DOD modernization programs. Right off the bat, you can see Ukraine is not getting $40 billion worth of military goods to whack Russians. They are not even given $19 billion. The $19 billion is carved into even smaller packages, $6 billion for training equipment weapons, $9 billion to replenish U.S. weapons stockpiles already sent to Ukraine, $4 billion for foreign military finance program. This allows foreign countries like Ukraine to buy brand new weapon systems. What could Ukraine buy with $4 billion? Well, they could order 444 M1A2 tanks. They could buy 44 jet fighters. So there you go. Given these facts, Ukraine can only hope to receive $6 billion in military assistance for the immediate future. And the rest is just nothing more than freaking money laundering as usual. They're running out of ways to <clears throat> to raise money. So now they're doing it once again through U.S. taxpayer dollars. Joe Rogan literally gasps when he learns about Thomas Sewell's teaching on black rednecks and white liberals. <laughs> Thomas Sewell, a great man in his own right. So Six uh, minutes you know of your Thomas time, please. Sewell? I know that name. Why do I okay. know that name? Thomas Sewell is a big, uh, famous conservative. He's at uh, Stanford. Um, he's at the Hoover Institute, I think. Anyway, so, you know, within this, I mean, first, just to set all this up, we should set up briefly how does culture work, right? And the way culture works is, is that it, like genetic evolution, it works based on blind copying. So what ends up happening is, is that you are in awe of people, right? You look up to people. And so you blindly copy the things they do. And specifically, you start by blindly copying from the outside, and then you work in. Thomas Sowell is a black guy, right? Okay. And Thomas Sowell has, for years and years and years, been trying to fight racism. But he's been trying to fight racism by having a conversation about culture, Right. And the fact that there are essentially two different sort of, you know, to, we're speaking broadly here. Right. But this is for the purposes of communication. Um, we're going to tell a simple story to start off with. Right. So broadly speaking, he puts two different cultures of people with dark skin next to each other. And one culture is these people from the West Indies. And one culture is this group of people who grew up in the South with slavery and all that sort of stuff. Now, what one group, the West Indies group, does really well. So a, a lot of the successful black people, people like Colin Powell, are originally from that cultural heritage. The other group is the group that you find in ghettos and African-American communities and all that sort of stuff. They don't do well, right? They don't get good education. They, you know, shoot each other. They're all these sorts of things. And the reason why Sol has been telling this story is because he's been trying to say, you know, when liberals look at the people in ghettos, 
They say, ah, racism. That's why they're not succeeding. And Sowell is saying, no, it's not. Because if you look at this group from the West Indies, they also came from the experience of slavery. There was slavery in the West Indies. They are also black, so they also face racism. And yet they do well. So it has to be something else. And that other thing is the fact that these black people who are in the South, there's always been a big question, were black people robbed of their culture or did they preserve their authentic African culture? And what Sowell is saying is that they were robbed of their culture. And so they picked up the culture of the people around them. And the people around them were rednecks. And if you look at the white redneck culture and the black redneck culture, they have a lot of the same values. They don't particularly respect education. They love Jesus. They use violence in their conflicts. And um, they, you know, there's, there's just, you know, a lot of the same values and a lot of the same outcomes. And even Ebonics, which is, you know, black English, is actually all from the west of England. So it's actually this... What? It's from the west of England. So, for example, if you go to places like Cornwall, um, there used to be this amazing, um, uh, these amazing ads on British TV, right, for this, uh, this Devon custard or whatever. And they would always say, Devon knows how they make it so creamy. And they all talk like this, right? And so it doesn't sound like black English. But they do say things like, I be doing that, and we be doing this, and you be doing that, and they be doing that. And so there's that use of that copula B... Right, where instead of saying I am, you are, he is, she is, they are, they just say I be, you be, we be, they be, which is the classic feature of Black English, African American vernacular English. Right now, <coughs> the point is, is that how, mind blower, mind blower. Now, let's imagine that. How do you think that Thomas Sowell has been received by liberal America? <laughs> Not well. Not right? well. Not well. And so, for example, Sowell has a book called Black Rednecks, White Liberals. Okay, and his whole point is that, you know, if you actually and, you know, again, like Sowell is, you know, he researches the shit out of this stuff. He really does his work. Now, if you if you look at the experience of African-Americans after slavery, after slavery, they do really they, they start to make real progress. Right. And a large part of the reason why they make progress is because you start to get a lot of people from New England, either, you know, black people from New England or white people from New England who come down and sort of reshape the culture. They create these schools and they're teaching those New England values. Right. It's those Puritan values of hard work, tenacity, all of that sort of stuff. And so there's all this progress. And you have people like Booker T. Washington. And Booker T. Washington was an actual slave. And then after he got his freedom, he got to go work in a salt mine, which is literally the worst job ever. And in Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery, he tells this great story about seeing a schoolhouse, right? And that, you know, he thought that going into a schoolhouse was about as close to heaven on earth as you could get. Like, this is a dude who wanted an education really, really badly. And that's a lot of what you find in the, you know, early black experience in, you know, the post-slavery period. And in fact, you know, blacks, you know, before sort of World War II actually had higher rates of marriage than whites, all of these sorts of things that, you know, are now supposedly a problem. And then there's this turnaround, right? The black experience starts to go south, right? It starts to get worse. And what year is this around? This is post-World War II, right? So, um, so post-slavery... Black people yeah, experience uh, a rebounding. There's They're starting to make ambition, some progress. There's ambition. Progress. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if in terms of books to read, like, you know, just because a large, you know, a large part of what I'm trying to do in general is really let's move to the place of all people are created equal. 
Like, let's remove all these stupid distinctions, right, and really live that principle. And the problem is, is that in order to really live that principle, you need a new narrative that beats slavery. So, you know, it's not, if you go and talk to racists, you can't just say uh, racism is bad. Like, that doesn't destroy racism, right. right? What destroys racism is when you make sense of the things that they know, right? They see, you know, people who are violent in the ghettos, or they see crime, or they see a lack of education, or they see that Africa is poor. And you're able to tell a better story that makes sense of the things that they know, but also comes out with the conclusion, oh, we actually all have the same potential. Thomas Sewell is indeed a national treasure. I have followed his work for a very long time, ever since I became an activist. And he's just a top-notch thinker. And uh, very broadly speaking, his ability to to think outside of the box and to, to process things in a very different manner uh, helped uh, form my worldview as well. Thomas Sewell indeed is a national treasure. Joel Lane, are you serious? I got to see this. I'll send an email to Devin Nunez. Trolling is fun or what? Uh, time is a construct, my dear. I'm uh, waiting for Jack Pasebic to actually apologize to us QAnons. I'll wait for it. Uh, I don't see your post. Did you tag me in it, uh, Jolene? Oops. I can't find you. <laughs> I can't. What's your What's your username, Jolene? I thought it was J Joe. I can't find you, Dagnabbit. Let me go check in with Devin Nunez. I want equal in law, indeed. Second Amendment is not absolute, says Joe Biden. Whatever. Um, real or fake? Internet split over the video of Tom Brady golf shot. Uh, okay. K-12 schools must put boys and girls bathrooms to get federal lunch money. <laughs> Got in my DM. Huh. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what time we got? Uh, 15 minutes. All right. What else did I have here today? <laughs> so I just kind of randomly look around. You guys are all looking at me like, uh, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Anyways, Glencore pleading guilty to a decade of bribery and market manipulation will pay a $1.5 billion penalty. This coming to us from Tyler Durden in Zero Hedge on Tuesday. Swiss, Swiss commodity trading giant Glencore agreed to plead guilty to multiple counts of bribery and market manipulation and pay penalties up to $1.5 billion to settle U.S., U.K., and Brazilian probes that have hung over the commodities giant for years. The settlements will help remove question marks that will have long overshadowed the trader's shady business, profiled extensively in the gripping book, The World for Sale. But the charges and admissions of guilt paint a damning globe-spanning picture of how far the company, funded by U.S. fugitive Mark Rich, has been willing to go in pursuit of profit. According to Bloomberg, Glencore units agreed to plead guilty to list the charges that range from bribery and corruption in South America and Africa to price manipulation of U.S. fuel markets. United Kingdom's serious fraud office, office 
on Tuesday charged the group's subsidiary, Glencore Energy United Kingdom, with seven cases of profit-driven bribery and corruption in connection to oil operations in Cameroon, Guinea, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, and South Sudan. In a statement, the SFO said its case was that the Glencore agents and employees paid bribes worth over $25 million for preferential access to oil with approval by the company. In the United States, Glencore pleaded guilty to two separate criminal cases and agreed to pay approximately $1.1 billion in criminal fines and forfeiture. One case involved what prosecutors described as a decade-long bribery scheme, and in the second, Glencore's U.S. commodities trading arm pleaded guilty to engaging in an eight-year scheme to manipulate U.S. fuel price benchmarks. Glencore said it would pay about $1.5 billion in overall penalties, including the $1.1 billion to U.S. authorities, $40 million to Brazilian prosecutors, and the amount, of to, to be in, uh, the amount to be due in the United Kingdom to be finalized at a sentencing hearing. Uh, the company made a $1.5 billion provision for a settlement in February and said uh, in an update on Tuesday that it does not expect the total fines to differ materially from what it set aside. Merrick Garland, U.S. Attorney General, called it the U.S. Justice Department's largest criminal enforcement action to date for com- commodity price manipulation conspiracy in oil markets. Bribery was built into the corporate cr- uh, structure, says Manhattan U.S. Attorney. The tone was uh, from the top was clear, whatever it takes. <laughs> huh. Yeah? Whatever it takes, huh? These people consistently think that they are above the law, and uh, they're finding that that's changing And that's why you're watching all of this panic around the world. A very interesting story with regards to Glencore. And you guys know that the Panama Papers are still heavy on the minds of the world's oligarchs. Oh, man. What a time. What a time. What a time to be alive. All right. Pretty much all I got for today. Um, Sent sent me the pick and pill that Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I wanted to, I was going to tag the post and send it to Devin Nunez and say, what, trolling is fun or what? <laughs> uh, as we as we approach uh, Memorial Day, a moment of your time, if I may, if you can help spread the word and these wise words from Colonel Allen West. And I'm just going to read it in his words. This weekend is what some call the beginning of summer. We hear about pools opening up and car and furniture sales and a long weekend vacations and barbecues. However, for those of us who have served in foreign lands on battlefields, this is Memorial Day, once known as Remembrance Day. I often correct people immediately when I hear them say, Happy Memorial Day. That is hardly what this weekend and the day is all about. We should all honor Memorial Day as we remember those who made the full measure the last full measure of devotion to the last best hope of mankind, these United States of America. We have a saying amongst us old veterans, all gave some and some gave all. Some of us have left our homes and families with the noble objective of securing and protecting individual liberty and freedom of others. <clears throat> and it says in John 5.13, no greater love has someone than to lay down their lives for another. This Memorial Day, I will remember I will remember a young Texas Army National Guard soldier named Bishop Evans. He recently gave his life drowning in the Rio Grande River, saving two illegal immigrants who ended up being identified as drug smugglers. What a true testimony of service, sacrifice, and commitment, the real meaning 
of Memorial Day, we veterans took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. If we do bear truth, faith, and allegiance to the same, then our oath has no statute of limitations. Therefore, we must continue to seek how we can serve our nation, especially in these troubled times. That is why the American Constitutional Rights Union and, and has the committee to support and defend it is a platform enabling us, the guardians of the Republic, to speak out. It's also a vehicle by which we can organize ourselves to serve our nation in other aspects, such as in the electoral process, as poll watchers and workers, even election judges. After all, we served in distant lands to help extend a representative democratic process to them, something we must safeguard here at home. So let us honor Memorial Day. Instead of rushing out to the community pool, local sale, or fire up the grill, take a moment as an American family and visit a national cemetery. Show your children and grandchildren who the real heroes are. They do not wear a jersey, throw or catch a ball, or shoot hoops. No, they stood upon freedom's rampart so that others could do so. And you had the freedom to enjoy that game steadfast and loyal Colonel, Colonel Allen West with some wide words, wise words going into Memorial day. I hope you will all honor Memorial day with me this weekend. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Much love. Let me go check in with uh, some breaking news out there today. See if there's anything new happening and then we'll wrap it up today with department of just us and FCCED and see if there's anything happening out there today. So stand by. Let's see if there's anything going on. Let's take a look. Alan West, God bless him. Uh, Julie Kelly, there's a break in the Hale trial. It's an outrage that the Biden regime is wasting federal resources to prosecute Americans who walked into a public building, engaged in no violence, assaulted no one, and exited for a short time later without incident. Now I know why the DOJ doesn't want to release surveillance video new video shown in court shows police retreating on numerous occasions but the retreat acts as a way to lure people into sections of the capitol at one point at least two dozen officers walk backwards away from protesters who follow them release the tapes that is a great point we observed that happening as they were guiding people towards them that is exactly what happened in the trial of tim hale biden's doj just produced a large box containing an exhibit prosecutors handed the box to the FBI agent who was testifying. He removed the exhibit to show the DC Jersey. It was a Trump 2020 flag. <laughs> the flag wasn't used as a weapon. At some point, Hale picked it up and carried it towards the exit point. There is nothing more than a, this is not, nothing more than political persecution. The flag is intended to enrage a jury from a city that voted almost 94% for Joe Biden. Also a lot, a reference to red hats. Yes, indeed. The red hats are the ones who were the infiltrators, and we're there to make sure what happened happened. That is uh, very, very true. There's there's double side. There's that's a double sided coin, obviously, because there was a lot of people, Trump supporters wearing red hats. But so, yeah. But it was interesting to see infiltrators all wearing red hats. Let's see. Feel over to Target Secret Dark Mag Mega Network. Um, interesting. The Rockbridge Network is organizing uh, new stuff from Cat the Great out there today. Uh, Robert Wright, Peter Thiel, and GOP billionaires bankrolling radically anti-democratic agenda. <laughs> oh, these people are so lost, dude. Um, let's see here. What else is going on out there? Trump was right. A new year, new ring bell. Change, new book. Gotcha. Just an advertisement. 
Uh, let's see what else. Let's check in with Brad. Let's what's he got going on out there today? Um, half of Brian's followers are fake, so he's got. <laughs> that's freaking hilarious, dude. Uh, Zero Hedge new stuff. National in here insert here days are typically cringe, but National Center for Missing and Exploited Children on May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine. Atlantic hurricane season to be unusually active as they always predict that we're all going to die. Zelensky rejects kissing your concession comments says Russia must also leave Crimea. Interesting. Uh, the world leaders that those that are deciding what happens in our world are having a debate about what to happen with Russia. <laughs> uh, little do they know that Russia isn't going to do what any of them want them to do anyway. They're going to do whatever Russia wants. Um... Uh, let's see here. People who lied about the Steele dossier. Yes, indeed. Sussman billed the purchase of flash drive of the Clinton campaign. New article out there by Brian. Sussman's going to prison because he was too cheap to pay $12.90 for his home pocket for two cheap thumb drives. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, happening now, Pakistan government orders the deployment of army troops in Islamabad's red zone as a convoy of ousted PM Imran Khan Enters the cabinet. You can't see that because it's on the wrong screen. So how about I move that to where you can see it? That would be cool. (laughs) This is from uh, Brian Case just now. Such wonderful music. That is a lot of freaking people, dude. So that's there's a minute long of that. Um, and then there is this. Pakistan government orders the deployment of army troops in Islamabad's red zone as the convoy of ousted Prime Minister Imran Khan enters the capital. Appears a coup happening in Pakistan right now. I'm thinking this is a great idea. I'm thinking um, we should implement this here in America. (laughs) You guys want to see a real insurrection, you motherfuckers? Uh, Might as well. If you're going to, if you're going to accuse us of it, we might as well just go ahead and do it. Just human out there. Just uh, giving us a uh, Apple break. He's, uh, he's the one who helped spot that Peter Thiel stuff out there earlier today. And don't forget to check out just human tonight at nine 30. All right. Let's go in and check out with the FCCED today and the Department of Just Us to see if there's anything happening out there. Nothing new, really. Chicago area mayor guilty in a red light camera bribery scheme. Tony Ragucci. Hey, he's a Ragucci. He's, uh, he's not allowed to get indicted. He's a Ragucci. What's, what's happening over here? Nothing new in FCCED today. KPMG fined $3 million, $3.4 million over Rolls Royce audits. Wells Fargo advisors fined $7 million in SEC probe. Uh, let's check in with the Department of Justice. I don't care about your speeches. Stop talking and start doing North Carolina turtle supplier sentenced to prison. Okay. Twitter agrees with DOJ and FTC to pay $150 million civil penalty to implement comprehensive compliance program to resolve alleged data privacy violations. Uh, we, those of us who have had our data sold illegally around the world, are we going to have any kind of, uh, uh, say in that money, just curious, or is that just go to the government to to uh, pay them for their, you know, what they already knew what they were doing? <laughs> it's funny how that shit works. 
serve the time might and uh, as well commit the crime. Exactly. Indeed, Estern. Uh, MS-13 member sentenced to life in prison for the murder in aid of racketeering. Really? An El Salvador man was sentenced today to life in prison for murder in aid of racketeering and conspiracy. Juan Carlos Sandoval Rodriguez, a.k.a. Picaro, a.k.a. El Pastor, a.k.a. Gasper of El Salvador. Life in federal prison for racketeering conspiracy, racketeering attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, conspiracy to commit murder in aid of racketeering, uh, connected to his participation in the La Mara Salvatura, a transnational criminal enterprise also known as MS-13. On October 31st, 2019, a nine-day trial, a federal, a federal jury convicted Sandoval Rodriguez of murder in aid of racketeering and conspiracy to commit murder in aid of racketeering in connection with the murder that occurred on March 11th, 2016. His co-defendants, Jose and Oscar and Milton and Portillo and Sorto and those guys also were busted branches or cliques of MS 13. One of the largest street gangs in the United States operate throughout Frederick County and so forth. Evidence at both trials established that between 2015 and 2017 Sandoval Rodriguez and his co-defendants engaged in a pattern of racketeering, drug trafficking, extortion, murder, brutal acts of violence, suspected arrivals of the gang in an effort to increase MS 13's power in those counties in the areas of Maryland. Evidence presented shows um, Sandoval Riga's lured a victim of Quiet Waters Park into in Annapolis, Maryland, with the intention of killing him. Hmm. Once the victim arrived at the park, the member struck him in the head with a branch or a stick, and the assailants included Sandoval repeatedly stabbed him with a knife, killing him. So there you go. These are the leaders of MS-13 sentenced to life in prison today. That's kind of interesting. Uh, National Missing Children's Day today. Federal grand jury convicts high-level ISIS member of providing material support to foreign terrorist organization, including two counts of resulting in death as the results from taking uh, Soleimani out are still being felt around the world. That's pretty much all there is out there today. I'll get all the links out there on Telegram, True Social, and everywhere else. So if you missed any links or you want to grab those links, uh, just follow me on your favorite social media and you'll be able to check that out. Uh, thanks. Thank you all for being here today, guys. I appreciate you all very much. I missed a bunch of gold pills out there today. Thank you guys very much for your support. 45, 45 gold pills today. Liberty Bells, Lady Bird, Warrior Mima, Trick Pony, Lady Bird, uh, Tam Growl, uh, Tech 264, The Grouch, and Glenn. Thank you all for your support. God bless you guys. I can't do this without you guys. And because of you, uh, I'm going to be able to keep doing that. Go ahead and grab your scratch in there as that is good to go, as well as all the lurkers out there. I want to say hello and thank you all for being here today. Don't forget, anybody needs some towels or some slippers out there, Uncensored Abe has, <laughs> Uncensored Abe, uh, discount code Abe. Uh, mypillow.com backslash Abe uh, S turn and all the great viewers over there on Twitch. I want to go take a hike, go uh, t raid somebody, <laughs> go take a hike. Will you JC bird? <laughs> I'm going to raid somebody here in a minute. So uh, stand by, let's go uh, say hello. Say uh, uncensored Abe sent you. And we appreciate you guys over there on Twitch. Everyone over there on rumble today. Thank you guys very much. Just Mojo, Denise, Glenn, Ilda, the Hun, and uh, my Nexus Marauder, 
Uh, a bunch of great patriots over there today, as well as the lurkers. Just Mojo, thank you for the for the uh, donation today. God bless you. I appreciate you very much. And all the lurkers out there everywhere else, thanks for being here today, guys. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. We'll be, be back here tomorrow, 12 noon, 1 central with Zach, Red Pill 78 and then back here again, 4 central, 5 eastern tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Dave. Don't forget to check us out tomorrow at noon on, on uh, Red Pill 78. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. See you guys tomorrow. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.